Welcome to the East African Institute's Outside Looking In podcast. I'm Rosie Jervis from the Aga Khan University East Africa Institute here in Nairobi. Today in the AKU recording studio, I'm sitting here with Teddy Kinyanjui, who is the co-founder of Seedballs Kenya, an initiative which aims to replant Kenya's lost forests. And today we're particularly interested in getting to know more about Seedballs Kenya and how exactly it's combating Kenya's deforestation crisis through innovative thinking that is low cost and low energy tree planting. So Teddy, thank you for being here today. Thank you. So before we dive right into talking about Seedballs Kenya, Teddy, could you tell me a little bit of how you developed an interest in becoming an entrepreneur here in Kenya? Okay, thank you for having me this afternoon. Um, this is very good to be here. Um, so basically my background through the Seedballs Kenya and what led up to that was our family business focuses on cook stoves, improved charcoal and firewood cooking devices. And my dad invented a very sort of popular one now that's been spread all over Africa. The design is known as the Kenya Ceramic Jiko. Um, the initial thought with doing all of that was how could he develop a stove that would reduce the use of charcoal and therefore help reduce deforestation uh, levels. So we realized this efficient stoves is only one part of the whole cycle of helping reduce deforestation driven by people cooking. So we started really researching and looking into doing forestry in dry land areas. So we started doing all types of different tests to start growing. And this is when I was now probably about 10 to 15 years old was when my dad really started thinking about doing all the tree planting. So even at that age, I could sort of feel like, hey, this is it's a lot of work. You know, planting two or three trees is great. When you're starting to do two or three hundred or two thousand or thirty thousand, you know, the logistics of all of that really adds up. But growing up was, for me, a lot of work with the family business and learning from both of my parents. So I had a lot of exposure as a youth with looking through that lens of how charcoal and firewood and tree planting and energy on household levels has so many different effects within communities. That, I think, always stayed very strong with me as being an interest and something I'd really like to pursue. So how big is the Seedballs team as well as the Cookswell Jico's team? Uh, so the Cookswell Jico's team, this is our the family business. So it's me and my sisters and mom. And then we have a core team of people who help us manufacture them. And so there are about eight people who work full time and then we expand according to demand. So they'll bring in subcontractors to help, you know, with capacity when we have large orders. Mm -hmm. And then the seed balls. So the seed balls connection with Cookswell is that we'd been including a free packet of tree seeds in a small little plastic bag. I sort of got the idea a few years ago from seeing how they package salt and ketchup for like takeaway chips. So we started including that little packet of seeds with each of the stoves and people were very you know pretty keen you have to it was one of those things if you had a green thumb you're definitely going to go and plant them and look after them so that led me into thinking a bit more about how can we expand the enthusiasm also behind planting trees and distributing seeds and stuff so the seed balls thing sort of came to light maybe two years three years ago and it was from spending a lot of time back as i was saying earlier doing the traditional tree planting and we kept finding that again, doing that on scale started becoming very expensive. So we did a bit more research on digging up different sizes of seedlings and stuff to look at their roots and definitely have noticed that trees planted from seed, especially acacia ones in dry land areas, are able to establish a much stronger and bigger root system 
than trees planted from a seedling. So that got us really looking into direct seeding and we started doing a few trials. And one of the things immediately we noticed was that if you start spreading bare seeds on the ground and wait for the rain to come, in the meantime, those seeds are just sitting there and they actually do provide a very good source of food to lots and lots of types of insects, to different birds. And so we started looking into different options of coating the outside and pelletizing them and making them into seed balls, which was something I'd read about online. So we started thinking about, well, how could we make a really good non-toxic, locally available, high quality for being able to produce huge amounts. So this is where I approached my friend Elson Karstad from Chardas Limited. Uh, we came around to saying, let's really seriously put some effort into looking into how do we get one seed per ball was a big question. And so we started in a year and a half, maybe two years ago now, with the first like commercially produced batch of seed balls using this chuckle dust that you find that he was making briquettes out of, that you find as waste all over Nairobi City. So Chuckle has a focus with our business, of course, because of the cook stoves and because of his uh, the charcoal dust from the briquettes. Our focus had been on mostly hard to reach and dry land areas. And so mobilizing, you know, maybe big teams of people up to the top of the mountains, but if that becomes cost prohibitive, that's where we've looked into doing aerial seeding. And I know the David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, they're a big supporter of Seaballs Kenya. Mm, yes. So yeah. are they involved with the aerial seeding as well? Yeah, so they've done some really fun aerial seeding trials okay. um, in part of their core work. So as they're doing anti-poaching patrols or when they're flying, they'll see areas that have been either really burned or trees have been chopped down. And even from the ground, actually. And we're just getting ready to do some with them, working with some school kids and stuff and partnering with okay. community. And so it's been fun to think that anything from a small little slingshot and a six-year-old kid to you know a helicopter or an airplane is able to go and distribute. Because back to mimicking what happens in, in the natural world is the right type of seed falls in the right place. And, you know, you kind of go back to that overview of, you know, how much money, how much effort has gone into tree planting in the last 30, 40 years in Kenya. Why are we still short? Where are the trees? And as are the guys at Kefri, where we buy the seed from, he even told me they've probably collected and sold enough seed in 20 years to cover the country. Where? What happened? So cost-wise, we're still... You know, I wouldn't be doing this. I'd be doing an old traditional tree planting way if it was cheaper. And like education-wise, you said you go into schools and you teach the kids. It's really interesting because it has also so many more layers onto it. If you could do the slingshots for, you know, physics to learn about velocity and mass and distance. And with the seed balls, you can match that into a bit of biology and think how quick do they grow? How big are the roots? We've l recently worked with the international school here, with some of the IB students in their STEM design classes, and uh, they made a backpack for a camel, that as the camel okay. is walking around, the motion of its feet going down waits until it fills a little cup up with the required amount of seed balls, opens that, and then drops it out. So now the idea thinking that livestock can go out and plant their own grass and trees for the future to browse on. So we're hoping to work towards doing more actually proper slingshot competitions in between districts. But ideally, that to us is continuing with as we're going on, just looking at what are these good strategic partnerships. Uh, you're featured in the BBC News article early this year, and you were mm -hmm. stating that Seedballs Kenya has started exporting to the Congo. So we've done one or two small exports. It's unfortunately very tricky to get the 
import documentation. We've had so many requests from all over the world of people saying, please send us some. So A, if it's far away from the region, we always think, you know, you should be doing your local trees to protect biodiversity. But really our focus is Kenya. I mean, the challenges that we're facing here are huge. How do you monitor when you distribute the seed balls to clients that purchase them? Do you have a monitoring sort of system of if the seeds are actually growing in certain areas that you've sold to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do as much as we can with especially the people who get larger orders. Um, we have good support from a lot of you know friends and just enthusiasts who will send back photos and stuff. There are a couple of core test plots that we have in four counties so far that we go and follow up with. Okay. And then right now we're actually just beginning to start working with the Kenya Forest Institute on doing larger, more empirical sort of base trials. And in 2016, so the East Africa Institute commissioned a youth survey, and we found that in Kenya, most youth are very entrepreneurial and less focused on the mainstream career passages being in law, medicine, or engineering. So just as an entrepreneur yourself, what advice would you give to youth who are trying to start their own businesses? Which industries should they lead towards? Should it be more environmentally focused? What would you say to these youth that are listening? I definitely not advise anyone to do non-environmentally focused. <laughs> if you want to go and pollute the environment, please don't. Um, <laughs> I think the idea behind, as they call them, green collar jobs or whatever it is, you know, through just my work experience and travels, I've definitely noticed the amount of damage that has happened and the cost of development. And the opportunities therein, though, that that's created to try and at least rectify or reduce those negative impacts from all of the problems that have been caused through you know, unbridled sort of capitalism. You know, that's going to have to be the future because at the end of the day, how are we going to live if you can't drink the water, can't breathe the air, can't, you know, True, it's just not yeah. going to work. Um, so definitely more and more people are seeing that not only is that an important thing to do from a moral, philosophical sort of standpoint, it also makes a lot of just pure business sense. One of the biggest things that's probably helped me is as uh, my mom growing up, she was a librarian and really encouraged us to read. Um, and I couldn't, you know, emphasize that enough. Read as many different things about as much stuff as you possibly could. You know, you might be doing accounting, but read books about geology a hundred years ago, if possible. You know, anything to sort of expand, I think, your mind view. And really try and apply critical thinking to a lot of stuff. And also, like a tree seed, you know, start small. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes feel like, oh, I don't have the capital, we don't have the... And, you know, we felt that way with the stoves, we felt that way with the seed project and stuff. Where do you begin? Oh, but you need a million dollars to start, you know. And, you know, through prudent investment and, you know, passion, the extra hours, I think there's few investments, there's few monetary investments that could equate to someone's passion and what you're doing. And, you know, paying attention and taking, you know, more and more of your time to really focus on whatever your goal is. And for Seed Balls Kenya, in five years' time, where do you see it going? Mm -hmm. I think we're going to continue building on, again, on lessons learned to date. So it'll be very interesting to do a lot more monitoring and evaluation on seeing what were the costs, what are the success rates, what are you know, optimal conditions, and optimizing the entire process, the distribution, the marketing around it. Um, expansion, I think, is definitely on the books one day. And hopefully partnering with more, if anything, I feel like, to be able to see that it's been able to really stimulate either discussion like we're having right now about alternative methods of land rehabilitation to what we've already seen through some of you know Facebook and the BBC news and stuff, people replicating it themselves. There's someone in Pakistan making his seed balls from seeing what we've done, someone in Nicaragua doing the same thing. And so in five years from now, seeing what level of replication has also happened through the seed balls program. 
Um, but I hope this grows, and I think it is growing a lot, because when we first started doing this, you know, honestly, in the back of my head, a year ago, I started thinking, well, at least I'll make, you know, some slingshot ammo like my <laughs> car. Uh, you know, suddenly we're making, you know, we've made three million to date. Oh, wow. And so three million to date, even at, you know, 20%, even at a 10% germination rate of all of them, that's 300,000 trees that we planted. So it's been a very interesting uh, sort of journey. And hopefully onwards and upwards, the big goal will really be as well as distributing more seeds, but is developing the seed buying process and documenting, does that actually mean that some lady somewhere in a village is thinking twice about cutting down a tree because she can harvest and sell seeds? And I think that will be a very, very good goalpost also to come towards. And for our listeners out there, where exactly could they go to purchase these seed balls and how could they do that? Uh, so for us, if you're inside Kenya, you can buy them through seedballskenya.com. We have a website and then follow our updates and stuff on our Facebook. It's also Seedballs Kenya and Instagram. Um, because of through the BBC and Deutsche Welle and a few other really good media coverage and Facebook videos and stuff, we've had so much interest from people overseas, partnered with five different amazing conservation organizations in Kenya. So you can send them one kilo, 10 kilos, 100 kilos, 1,000 kilos of seed balls, and they'll distribute the seed balls on your behalf and send you back photos and stuff of how it goes. And that's been amazing. We've only done it for a month, and we've had probably three or 400 kilos worth of seed balls from people from all over the world. So for outside of Kenya, that's it. Otherwise, inside of Kenya, let's, you know, let's make the country green again. Let's see what we can do together. Well, it's great to see how yeah. Seed Balls Kenya is really progressing. Thank you. That comes to our end of our discussion. Thank you very much, Teddy, for being here. Mm -hmm. It's great to see the contribution of Seed Balls to really restoring Kenya's forestry areas, which is so important, especially today. Thank you very much. Thank you. So now that we've heard about Seed Balls Kenya, if you have any comments on what you've heard, thoughts on a topic you want discussed in future podcasts, or even if you'd like to be a part of the podcast, please feel free to send me an email, which is found on our East African Institute SoundCloud page. And remember to stay tuned for upcoming episodes on the Outside Looking In podcast.